We're doing it live. We're doing it live. We're doing it live. <laughs> That's a lie. This is being recorded. Things. They don't know that. Yeah, they do. You've mentioned plenty of times when you get it's this, it'll be Thursday, but we're here on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. That no, is true. we're not doing it live. Wait, we're doing it. That's what? I'm alive. Are yeah. you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what are you talking about, Eric? Every Everything I, is. I've been dead inside for years. Right. He, Jesus, man. <laughs> I'm moving on with the show. <laughs> Welcome to the Stories for Nerds podcast. With another epic episode, here are your hosts for SFN. What's up, everyone? And welcome to the first episode of the eighth season of the Stories for Nerds podcast, a show featuring a group of sci-fi and fantasy authors who not only love to discuss the latest adventures and books, TV, film, video games, anime, and all other forms of nerd entertainment, but they also read and collaborate stories as well. And as always, I have the pleasure of being here with Scott Parkin. Howdy! And the not so much pleasure uh, being here with um, an Eric Johnson. Say hi, Eric. Yo ho! Uh huh. Okay, and of course we have our other co-host Abby Goldsmith. But Abby, she is doing some big things. If you are longtime listeners, you would know that she has been testing the waters on uh, on another. I guess you could call it a social media platform. It's kind of like Wattpad, which is, I mean, a lot of people consider Wattpad a social media platform. But yeah, she has been on, holy crap, where are my notes? Royal Road. Royal Road. Why did I forget that? It was on the tip of my tongue. And then all of a sudden, it was like, wait a minute, we're recording. I forget everything. Yes, Royal Road. Uh she has been doing a phenomenal job on that platform. And last time that she gave an update, she was ranked number five and she is on the feature page in her respected genre. So congratulations to Abby on that. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But since she's still fairly new on that, she's uh, she since she's still fairly new on the platform. She's still testing out the wires and wants to make sure that the algorithms are checked and that the, 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 uh, followers that she's been garnering are 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 well established and stuff. So she asked if she could skip this first episode, and uh, why not? We're long time veterans. Nothing goes wrong on this show at all, right, guys? Yeah, no, nothing at all. Nicole, just ever. <laughs> Why are we like this? <laughs> if this is if if this is your first time listening, I apologize, and maybe I should just do a disclaimer: get out now while you have the chance. <laughs> <laughs> 
But hey, if you've been on the show for, if you've been on this roller coaster with us this long enough, welcome back. And hey, you know what you're getting into. Um, but uh, speaking of which, um, we are actually going to be changing up a couple of things with the format of the podcast this season. Um, we're actually going to be bringing out, bringing back a couple of old elements that we had. Uh, when we were first starting out the podcast. So, um, and that doesn't mean, so there's going to be, the good news is all the stuff that you've lo- been loving for the past couple of years and past couple of seasons, we, we're, we'll still be having that. So the story by nurse segments and our nerdy chats, those are not going away, but we want to come, we want to bring back the elements where we really narrow down like specific uh aspects of storytelling um and we're going to um kind of really broaden uh certain pieces of that whether that's kind of talking about certain things in sci-fi certain things in fantasy uh specific attributes and genres and just maybe even if it's uh discussing the aspects of storytelling in 2023 um, but yeah, uh, more on that later. But before we get to that, we are going to be catching up this episode since we were on a winter holiday hiatus. So this is going to be a good old fashioned nerdy chat episode where we're just going to be catching up on what everyone's been up to since our winter break. But of course, before we do that, we like to get some updates on the uh, personal projects that authors on the panels have uh, had so, Mr. Parkin, what have you been up to? Uh, last time we checked, that you were you're writing about dragons. I was uh, basically starting over uh, a complete and thorough rewrite of my uh, novel, The Eighth Dragon, and uh, I am continuing to do so. I had thought it was going to be kind of a smoothing, snugging, and tucking, <laughs> and it's turning out to be essentially a complete rewrite. So. <laughs> I was about to say I don't remember you saying complete rewrite the last time. No, it's 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 not a complete rewrite. I'm starting from the existing text, but basically I'm reaching a point, putting in a bunch of hard returns, and then writing scenes fresh, deleting yeah. what I've just replaced. Yeah. Occasionally taking words or sentences or paragraphs, but as often as not, hucking them and, and replacing them with something that's that fits what I'm trying to do now. Yeah, man, and I totally know where you're coming from with that because um that's what I've been doing with my with my story. I was trying to just work with what I had, or I mean, you know, like just kind of like, oh no, this isn't working. This isn't working. I could take that out, and I could just fill them with this. No, no, <laughs> no, just no. <laughs> Thinking it's going to work that way, and if you're actually taking the text seriously, yeah, no. No, right? I was like, no. Uh, in, in, in a simple world, but w- once you go back and and I think the other thing is, and I, I guess this is the case for you as well. But you had sat on this for uh, for a pretty good stretch, right? So when you come back, you have completely fresh new eyes, and so your eyes are very prone to catching certain things well and it is and i had read you know some how to write or some you know uh, uh, plot structuring books yeah. the the save the cat series things mm-hmm. like that and had kind of changed the way that i approach um story right and 
And there was a, there is a lot in the existing manuscript that is very, very good. Um, but I think it can be better. So yes, uh, yes. Yeah. For certain, and I do for want certain. to try to get this traditionally published. I'm going to shoot it off to New York when I'm done with it and, uh, try that first. If it doesn't work, that I'll, uh, that I'll work with, you know, regional presses, but, uh, no, but good luck. I hope that does work. We'll, we'll see what happens. Are you considering, uh, submitting it through agents? Yes. To get past certain gatekeepers, you have to have an agent. The challenge is I'm going to have to, fortunately, I've got the, um, the science fiction fantasy symposium here in my area coming mm. up. Uh, number 40, by the way, uh, 40 straight, 41 straight wow. years. Wow. Um, we're, um, I'm going to have to do some business there and talk to some authors and say, okay, look, can I get you to walk me to your agent? Um, you know, would you be willing to, to give me a letter of introduction and a, and a you know, get me through the door just yeah, for agent so I can pre-qualify, you know, do that kind of thing. Cause part of the problem is, is when you're just coming at it cold and you're saying, okay, uh, I want this agency, I'm going to talk to yeah. whoever I can find. Well, you know when what? You, yes, you can do some research through Locus. Yes. You can do some other things, but when there's a face man, to it some networking, so some one-on-one -on -one time. Oh man, there's so many barriers that walking. you hop over that way. It's yeah. crazy. And, and I am absolutely totally mercenary in that sense. I have zero, uh, uh, scruple about taking advantage of friends who've already made their way through. Um, so. Absolutely, man. No. Um, that's one of the things that I always say when I go to Dragon Con here in Georgia. Um, I mean, I'm going there to have a good time and you know to celebrate all the festivities about nerd culture and everything. But beyond that, it's a networking galore for me and all the because there's so many authors, there's so many agents and publishers from the like like Tor, Bane, all those guys are there. Kevin, he has his booth and stuff. So uh, if if it it would do it would be a disservice if you did not take advantage of that audience that is like basically right in front of you and stuff and and uh, and I imagine and, and of course like these people that's what they're there for too they're they're it's kind of like a symbiotic thing where it's like okay well we're going to go to these conventions to talk about the the tricks of the train and stuff like that but at the same time we're kind of scoping out what the uh what the talent is as well and on the news front I don't know if I mentioned but um I'm going to be appearing in an anthology in February called uh, uh, Hero of a Different... Oh, what's it called? I think you mentioned you were going to be in an anthology, but you couldn't tell us Her anything Hero else. Hero of a Different Stripe. I'm in it, and in fact, I am the cover story. Oh, no! Nice. The cover wow. art is, is my story. Congrats! So, uh, yeah. I was so I, thrilled I, I and amazed by that. I want to say you told us... You yeah, you told us that you were going to be in an anthology, but... You, yeah. And what's funny is it's the story, it's Within Limits, which is the story that, uh, uh, the Fizzbane story, the original, mm -hmm. that's the story that's being republished there and uh, has ended up as the cover story. So, yeah. Nice. Very Congratulations. That. That's what's up, dude. Good on you. Okay. Heroes of a different what? Of a different stripe. Of a different From stripe. From Hemeline Productions. So... 
Ooh, and that'll oh, be out oh, in February. Oh. It won't it won't physically be available until then. So um Okay. Uh okay. you know, March first I'll I'll hit it again and, and Okay, I'll yeah, definitely. Definitely. Link. Please do, please do. No, man, that is awesome. Good for you. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, well, before we get into our nerdy chat, how about we do some sci-fi fantasy book work? Huh? What? Did I forget something? You. What have you been up to writing-wise? Yeah. Oh, right. What have you been up to writing-wise? Well, 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 I spoke out loosely. <laughs> but like I said, I'm, um, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Um, I'm still working on that sci-fi story. And, um, and of course, like at the very beginning, it was like all full steam ahead because i mean the, the setup was great the setup was awesome but once you got to the nitty-gritty it was like you <laughs> from from my perfectionist overbearing perspective i was like uh, i i don't i don't like it so yeah i was trying to just take reword a couple you know rephrase and reword a couple of things and it just wasn't working it just wasn't working so i've been chipping away in outline mode and and i love i love writing in outlines actually i know like a lot of people they like to and you know every author is different but a lot of people they hate the whole outline process some people don't even do it and some people just want to fly through it but for me i mean it's i, I really love having that guideline that I can kind of go back to and be like, oh yeah, that's what I was going for. And and again, I mean, it, it's I probably spoke on this before. It's not like the end all be all because like once you get into manuscript mode, you're you might pick up on certain things. It's like you know what the pacing of this really doesn't give merit to this scene that I had in mind. I should probably go this direction. But even then, if their outline strong enough, it. it if you kind of go off the beaten path a little bit, it's not going to be like, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm deterring from the story. So what am I supposed to do now? So at least that's how it is for me. But um, I'm, I'm enjoying going back and looking at what I initially had and just be like, oh no, this was dumb. What the hell were you thinking? <laughs> you know, and, and sometimes you just evolve you but do. In my case, I I really did have kind of a a light bulb moment where I was just yeah. like, "Oh, right, yeah, that is true, yeah. huh?" And there was a massive reconfiguration in yeah. the way that I approached the creativity. It was so exciting yeah. too. I mean, it's not like it's not like a system. I mean, and I know the way I'm talking about it sounds like so dreadful and agonizing and tedious. How to half, take man. all this stuff out? Just rework. I was like, "No, man, it's awesome. I love it. I absolutely love it, dude." Writers, <laughs> what we do is we write. So any excuse to write with focus is yep. a good one. Yep. I'm all about that life, man. I'm all here for it. So, yeah, I mean, so, so I mean, I'm not in manuscript mode right now or anything, but it's okay. It's totally fine. I'm good with it. I, I love what I'm doing right now and everything. And so, even like on those days, like where I've had like a crazy week at work, I just sit down. It's like, ah, oh, you know what? Let me relax and just get back to the outline of this story. And I haven't had that feeling in a long time. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm adoring it. Yeah. But, oh, okay. So what were we talking about? Well, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sci-fi and fantasy recommendations along with updates in their culture. And FYI, uh, no updates on the 
book front just yet. Uh, we will be waiting on our Madam Goldsmith to have some assistance with that. But until the time being, we got a plethora of nerdy news that we need to discuss uh, because there are a lot of stuff uh, on the pipeline at the start of the year on the gaming front, on the uh, on the film front, and uh, on the television front as well. So first bit of nerdy news that we have is for the sony fanboys out there and i say that adoringly because i hey hey i'm all hey there's no console war for me man i'm all about sony and and microsoft and i do have a frequent case of nintendo envy because i do not have any nintendo consoles but I digress. We'll get to that point. But yes, so for the Sony people out there, um, between now and our next episode on January 24th, you will have access to the exclusive Screen Enix title call for Spoken. Now lose yourself in a thrilling tale about Frey Holland as she discovers where she belongs in the world. Forspoken is an action RPG that follows the journey of Frey, a young New Yorker transported to the beautiful and cruel land of Athia. In search of a way home, Frey must use her newfound magical abilities to traverse sprawling landscapes, battle monstrous creatures, and defeat powerful matrox known as Tantas. Forspoken has been designed to harness the full power of the PlayStation 5's hardware, demonstrating luminous productions, that's a Final Fantasy XV philosophy, to provide a gaming experience like never before, fusing together the latest technology with creativity. So blending contemporary electronic beats with a fancy tone, Forspoken's score has been composed by BAFTA award-winning composer Bear McCreary, of God of War and TV series The Walking Dead fame, and Gary Scheiman of the Bioshock series. Um, we haven't really spoken on on this that much. Um, are you familiar with First Spoken? I've seen trailers here and there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it, it looks interesting. I unfortunately don't plan to get it. Yeah, um, I will say it when you look at it. It definitely screams Square Enix. You're like, yeah, yeah you know what? Some Final Fantasy folk worked on this. <laughs> so, I mean, it looks interesting. But that's not a bad thing, mind you. It, it does have the genre I love, which is I do like people. You know, like you know, you know, most of the animes I like to watch are like you know the Isuke mm-hmm. pulled from another world and brought into this fantasy world. But the only problem is I have such a backlog of games at the moment that yeah. that I just don't have enough time to do it because they'll. The only game I'm really planning to purchase this year um, coming up would be 16. That's the only thing I have on my radar at the moment. Yep, yep, yep. Same. Agreed. Uh, and yeah, and a demo is currently out right now. So uh, PS5 owners, be sure to check that out and you have access to that. And from what I understand, it's been hit or miss with a lot of people. I've seen gameplay of it. The gameplay looks hella fun. But for for all game of purposes, and what, even though I see the gameplay on streaming, the graphics don't look all that impressive. But again, I'm looking at it from streaming, so you know when your people streaming stuff, they lower the resolution so the performance can you know uh, can can do its thing. Um, but from what everyone says, like on the other end who's playing the game they always say this game is absolutely gorgeous well of course i mean there's more to games especially nowadays than you know graphics and 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 
and what have you. There has to be some story behind there too. Uh, and to, uh, yeah, and, and to uh, Eric's uh, credit, like uh, he did mention the fact that like it does have that, uh, like uh, it follows that trope of like someone getting f- from uh, the real world getting trapped into a fantasy world, and which is really interesting when you think about it because you really don't see that trope that much in video games it's either like you're all fantasy you're all sci-fi but it's never like oh a person from the real world gets trapped in this you know fantastic room the last one i think i saw do it was that um miyazaki based game i think i'm probably gonna butcher the names i'm trying to remember it's like kaze un kaze unin or something like that it's like this kid gets transported into a fantasy world and he's trying to find his mom because she like apparently exists there in the fantasy world and in the real world, and hmm. it was very beautiful. had a good st- had apparently had a good story. Got a sequel, but I don't think I heard anything much after that. Yeah, yeah. But again, so if uh, you folks have a PS Five, this is going to be the what looks to be the start of another kicker year for uh, for a killer year for the Sony uh, company. So if it if you're interested, be sure to check that out. And as I mentioned, with me not having any Nintendo consoles, Nintendo is always dropping these bombs out here, which gives me a case of Nintendo envy. And Fire Emblem Engage is going to be one of those sad games that is just going to make me grit my teeth. and like, why? Why? Why do I have this? I mean, I could get one, but I just... At this point, I might as well just wait for the new console because there's rumors of a new console coming out. But anyway, I digress. Okay, so Fire Emblem Engage that is coming out on the Nintendo Switch and in a war against the failed dragon, four kingdoms work together with heroes from other worlds to seal away this great evil. 1,000 years later, this seal has awakened and the failed dragon is about to reawaken. As a divine dragon, use rich strategies and robust customization to meet your destiny to collect 12 emblem rings and bring peace back to the continent of Elios. So you can team up with iconic heroes from past Fire Emblem games. Summon valiant heroes like Marth and Celica with the power of emblem rings and add their power to yours and brand new Fire Emblem story. And when does this come out? It will be available January 20th of this year. Uh, e, I know you're uh, pretty pretty into the Fire Emblem franchise. Uh, where are you going to be picking this one up? I, I've only played a couple games for Fire Emblem. Um, you did the Three Houses, right? Yeah, I did the Three Houses. But that was okay. the first one I played in years. Oh, okay. Um, so, I mean... It's a fun. I will say this: Fire Emblem is a very fun franchise. I hear nothing but great things about it. Um, it's hit or miss for me, you know. Because again, Fire Emblem, it's the battle. It's a um, the battle situation because it's kind of a mix between life sim and battle. You know, fighting battle like a mm-hmm. XCOM, which at times can be kind of frustrating, can be kind of fun, you know. Um, so I mean, it is a fun. It is a fun genre. There are a couple games I do play that are similar to it, but I don't generally go to those very often. Okay, uh, Scott, are you familiar with Fire Emblem? I'm aware of it. I haven't played it. Okay, it's been then... recommended to me a number of times by family members and others. So uh, I should, but I haven't. 
Uh, one of your kids has a switch, right? Okay. I just gave her my switch. So yes. And again, backlog of games. I don't. I don't. I'm trying to avoid buying new games at the moment. I've. I'm yeah, so many man. Games are like streaming services now. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I'll get this. I'll get this, and it just sits on. It just sits on the shelf, like just collecting dust. Okay, and then oh, this one, folks. If you have played the game, I'm sure you have this on your radar if you are not a gamer but love anime i highly recommend near automata version 1.1a because that is actually out um it's it, like the first episode has already premiered and it's already game reviews people are already saying this is probably this might be one of the best animes of the year and the year just started um so the distant future Wow. 5012, the sun and aerial invasion of Earth by aliens and their creations, machine life forms, led mankind to the brink of extinction. The surviving number of humans who took refuge on the moon to organize a counterattack using android soldiers to recapture Earth. However, the war reaches a stalemate as the machine life forms continue to multiply infinitely. In turn, humanity deploys a new unit of android soldiers as an ultimate weapon called the Yorha. Newly dispatched to Earth, 2B joins Nye and S, the analysts currently stationed there, where amid their mission, they encounter a myriad of mysterious phenomena. This is the story of these lifeless quote-unquote, androids, and their endless fight for the sake of mankind. So, like I said, it's already out. If you love anime, you have to watch this. <laughs> I, I, you, you, you just really, I, I implore you, at least check out the first episode because this was such a beautiful game on all accounts of the meeting. It really define what video game can do with the aspect of storytelling it was so so just phenomenal and from what clips i've seen of the anime they are definitely respecting the source material so uh, i'm gonna give it a couple of episodes in so i don't feel too much of a case of withdrawn <laughs> as I wait for the next week. <laughs> so there is currently only one episode out, so it's if because the there is only currently have a few under your belt, yeah. give it a week or two. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah exactly. I, I'm, I don't. I don't want to like have like. Oh, I, I, I don't need that. Like, I need my fix, man. Where, where's my fix? Come on, come on. <laughs> but um, all of us have played the game, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, okay. You haven't. <gasps> oh, Scott. I know. I know. It's, it's <laughs> did, did you know that Final Fantasy XIV also had a crossover with Nier? They had a crossover event in the game. I do remember you mentioning that. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, uh, Nier and Final Fantasy did a, a bunch of crossovers, actually, because um, in Final Fantasy... And Tekken 7, Noctis was a guest character. And, and Soul Calibur 6, 2B was a guest character. 
And then what game are you? Oh, Sarah is playing a game of oh, Assassin's right, yeah. Creed, where, where there's a collaboration with that. So and fifteen the, the, had Assassin's Creed as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it it's it's such such a, a good story, and the soundtrack is amazing. I absolutely and I was late to the party when it came to Nier Automata. Like a lot of people, it came out in. 2017 during that dreadful cesspool of all phenomenal games like there's like it was like it was such a good year for games it was terrible because like there's like uh, i i can't play them all so i don't think i played that until it was either 2018 or maybe even as late as 2019 but once i played it i was like oh my goodness i I was not expecting this. I mean, I heard everyone raving about it. I was like, yeah, 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 sure. I'm sure it's fine. But wow, once you experience it yourself, it's it's absolutely phenomenal. It, it's such a great combination of video game and storytelling. Chef's kiss. Um, so yes, definitely, definitely check it out. And if you haven't played the game, then you don't have to worry about playing a game because now we got this great anime for you to check out. Alrighty. And another sim uh, case of video games being adapted to television. Uh, on January 15th, HBO, folks, check this out, will be premiering The Last of Us. So this is... Uh, this is a TV series based on the critically acclaimed video game uh, that's coming to HBO and HBO Max in 2023. Here's everything to know so far about the cast of The Last of Us, who's behind the scenes and more. This is on the HBO website. So, the series takes place 20 years after modern civilization has been destroyed. Joel, a hardened survivor, is hired to smuggle Ellie, a 14-year-old girl, out of an oppressive quarantine zone. What starts as a small job soon becomes a brutal, heartbreaking journey as they both must traverse the U.S. and depend on each other for survival. Who's in the cast? Pedro Pascal of The Mandalorian, Wonder Woman 1984 fame, and also Game of Thrones fame, and Bella Ramsey, again, Game of Thrones fame, and uh, his Dark Materials, and they will be starring as Joel and Ellie. And also joining the cast are Gabrielle Luna of True Detective as Joel's younger brother and former soldier Tommy, uh, Merle Dandridge, The Last of Us Video Games, uh, and The Flight Attendant as Resident, oh, excuse me, as Resistance Leader Marlene, and Anna Torv of Fringe fame as Tess, a smuggler and fellow hardened survivor. This series will guest star Nico Parker as Sarah, Joel's 14-year-old daughter, Murray Bartett, or Barlett, excuse me, sorry, I'm horrible with names, <laughs> and Nick Offerman as Frank and Bill, two post-pandemic survivalists living alone in their own isolated town. Storm Reed as Raleigh, an orphan in Boston, and Jeffrey Pierce as Perry, a rebel in a quarantine zone. So, yeah, um, this is another uh, very much beloved uh, video game franchise, especially the first uh, game in the installment. Um, 
it I'm I think this one is going to translate fairly well into television. Um hey, what are your thoughts on it? It's gonna give me PTSD. Well, I already said for the record, I'm not watching it. I know it's gonna be good, but I'm not watching it. <laughs> not to say it's bad, but it's so good. I know what's going to happen, and because I know what's going to happen, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> I've seen trailers where I'm just sitting there going, yep. Yes, yes right? Yes, but, seriously. But I go, yep, what, that's what, one of the spots yep, that took a yep. couple you, years You see life. them show that character. It's like, oh, no, that person's in it, so they're going to cover this part of the game? I was like, I, I can't. I can't. I but might, my... if I do watch it, I might just skip the first two episodes just so I don't have to see that scene. Oh, God. Yeah, no, my brother wants to watch it, so... I'll oh, I'm sorry. It. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I laughed. I said, I'll watch it with you. I'll, I'll probably get... P- don't blame me if I get PTSD and I'm just sitting there going, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. It, it, it was quite the experience. It was... Yeah, it was definitely a groundbreaking game. And uh, given the art, uh, given the, the the cast members, and uh, and yeah, and the fact that the people, the the developers are involved with they ha- they're heavily involved with the production of the show. I, I think that's that's promising signs as well. So uh, again, uh, I think I said uh, the fifteenth. Be sure to check that out on HBO Max and HBO. But whatever the case, folks, be sure to check out the storiesforners.com website and our social media outlets to stay up to date with other sci-fi fantasy book recommendations along with updates in their culture. So to that end, ladies and gentlemen, we are ready for our nerdy chat. Nerdy chat, nerdy chat. Scott, what have you been up to? <laughs> um whole bunch watched a watched a bunch of things again uh, mm-hmm. just Same. because you know holidays uh, right. comfort food all that um ate far too many cheesecakes and pumpkin pies but that's a different problem um a good re- problem well but I want to say. <laughs> rewatched uh fruits basket rewatched um or on high school host club rewatched some fun things um romantic killer which I thought was a lot of fun. Um, finally watched seasons two and three of Mob Psycho 100. Oh. Um, which I had watched season one, but never watched season two. Uh, and since season three was out and the series is allegedly over now, uh, I went ahead and oh, watched okay. them both and uh, enjoyed that. Um, yeah. It, it, it did not go where I thought it was going to go, and mm. and I'm not sure that I appreciated where it did go. So uh-huh. I actually lost interest in the series by watching seasons two mm. and three. Um, so for what it's worth, okay. um, yeah, well done. It is it is what it is. You you like it, you don't like it. Uh, there you go. Um, watched an anime called uh, Chainsaw Man. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> Okay, like can you? Anime? Can, I've seen the I've seen the trailer of it, and the and the art looks absolutely gorgeous. But what the hell is going on? I don't have any idea what it's about. Okay, so <laughs> generic, semi, not exactly post apocalyptic, but just kind of 
socially decrepit future. Okay. Um, where quote unquote devils have appeared, which are creatures that have odd powers. So if you've looked, if you've seen the little dog looking thing with a chainsaw for a nose, um, that's a chainsaw devil. Um, and the basic story is Denji, the main character, harvests devils and sells the parts to pay off his dead father's debts with the help of the chainsaw dog. At some point, Denji is fatally injured and the chainsaw devil replaces his heart with itself. And thus he becomes Chainsaw Man, which is a human-devil hybrid who can call up the powers of chainsaw hands and face, head, (laughs) anytime he wants to by pulling the chainsaw string on his chest. It is really, really fun. Uh, I liked it so much that I actually tracked down the uh, manga and have been reading it online. Okay. Um, Because the anime is 12 episodes. It covers about the first 40 chapters of the manga, of Uh which there are over 120. Um, Warnings. It is extremely violent. Violence, yes. Extremely <laughs> violent. Yeah. I um, Well, you know, if you got a person who has a head for a chainsaw or a chainsaw for a head, sorry, that I means. Well, and, and the base concept is he then goes to work for an agency that hunts down and kills demon uh, uh, devils. Mm-hmm. Um, one of whom, the gun devil, is setting up a revolution um how lovely it's very entertaining it's very weird it's very adult um denji's 16 years old and has never uh had uh Uh relations (laughs) and so various characters keep offering oh god opportunities if he'll do certain things first so you've got this kind of horny teenager thing working who has a chainsaw for it. <laughs> I'm too but old it, for it this. But it ends up being really <laughs> You really like Denji, even though he is, in many ways, completely amoral. Um, mm. okay. So it's, it's an interesting, you know, if it's your kind of thing, it's really good. If it's not, I can see how it could not, um, for what it's yeah. worth. Watched a live-action series on Netflix. That's, by the way, Chainsaw Man's on Crunchyroll. Yes. Um, Watched a K-drama slash psychological thriller series on Netflix called Somebody. Oh, yeah. I got that on my list. Basic premise is an incredibly intelligent young woman who probably is you know, eyebrow deep in Asperger's syndrome um, develops an AI chatbot that is able to connect people by uncommon analysis of their words 
and also what they type but don't send. It's able to monitor that. Wow. So it's mm-hmm. getting deeper intelligence than any other system. And it turns out it's incredibly efficient and effective. The series is when um, a serial killer figures out how to use the system and to oh. spoof identities so that he oh. can find and meet victims. Yo. That sounds like an anime. As various (laughs) characters have different kinds of responses. Um, It's really intriguing because at its core, you've got the idea of the girl with Asperger's um, is essentially, and I use the term advisedly, a psychopath, meaning she has no conscience. Oh, um, the serial killer is a sociopath, which is he justifies things that he knows are wrong. That's interesting. The AI is definitionally incapable of conscience. Um, you, I would have thought that you would have said she, like the girl, is a sociopath, and the serial killer is a psychopath. Yeah, so that's usually to be clear, that. psychopath means that they that they have no conscience to speak of, right? that they have no sense of right or wrong. Sociopath means that they have a sense of right or wrong and they justify what they do against that sense. So the serial killer, you know, that's the thing is, and that's what makes it really intriguing is that you have an AI created by a psychopath that is itself a different kind of psychopath. Wow. And thus both can be taken advantage of by a sociopath. And the, the, the twists and turns and, and whatnot else. So it ended up disappointing me in the end only because I wanted it to be more about that intersection of idea mm-hmm. of, right. of sociopath versus psychopath versus right. kind of psychopath. Right. right. Yeah. Of, of, you know, the nature of conscience and right and wrong and how you evaluate that. And is conscience a logical choice or a emotional one i had hoped mm-hmm. it would explore more of that which it didn't mm-hmm. it turned into oh, okay. kind of a romance story with intrigue uh, very violent extremely violent if you ever watched um what was it kingdom uh um or um, yeah well kingdom yeah 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 that was like the zombie one not and the then there's also that. what the, the was one the one where, where they, everyone angels. was like dressed up in a jumpsuit yeah, that that uh, octopus Something or game. squid, uh, squid games, squid, squid yeah. games. Yeah, yeah. It's it's violent of the sort of squid games. So again, right, that's kind of a thing in in Korean psychodramas right now. Is is there's a there's a high level of violence, um, and I have no problem with that in general, but in this case. Uh, uh, there's a lot to like here. I was disappointed only because I wanted it to be something different than what it was. Something what it was, a little was well done. Something a little meatier on the something more conceptually meaty, less yeah, right, 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 right. Straightforward, yeah. um, you know, romance drama, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and especially when you pit those type of personalities together. I mean, when you said psychopath and sociopath, I was like, oh. Well, and it's really interesting because when you have a person who has no conscience, right, a person who has Mm -hmm. no conscience and all the intellect in the world, what kinds of choices is she going to make 
both before and after the realization that there is a serial mm-hmm. killer right. yeah. using her tool. How does the AI itself react to what it knows is a serial killer? Mm-hmm. That's part of its skill is it can detect that. It knows right. that this guy is running at least six aliases um, and knows who all of them are and has correlated them and knows exactly who it's talking to at any given time. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a really fascinating character study um, right. that that ends up, I think, shortchanging its its character study in favor of a fairly ordinary, you know, romantic uh, uh, slasher right. drama. Yeah. So yeah. you know, for what it's worth, mm-hmm. in my opinion, uh, watched a movie, uh, anime movie called Your Name, uh, currently running on uh, Crunchyroll. Familiar with it. Basic didn't know idea. if I could watch it because I didn't know if it was going to make me cry at the end. <laughs> because I'm a wuss. <laughs> and, okay, and your lack of a response <laughs> might go well, first. Like <laughs> it, will, it will make you gasp three times. Okay. Cry twice, but for entirely different reasons. Okay. <laughs> One of them joyful. One of them joyful, okay. Um, right. which I kind of sort of just gave away, um, part of, well, the, you don't, well, you, Hey, 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 we don't know when the joyful cry will be though. Basic Compared idea to- is it's a little bit of a, of a body swap mystery, a, uh, teenage girl and a teenage boy just randomly swap bodies one day and each lives the other's life for uh, until they fall asleep again. And they swap back. And this happens a bunch of times. And the process of doing that starts out as kind of humorous. Um, and it looks like it's going to be kind of a silly, sentimental, you know, body swap, a little bit of fan service. And it turns deadly, deadly serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, first gasp when you realize what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fact that they have this ability. He never because as he does things, it turns out that there's not just a spatial displacement, there's a time displacement. So as he does things in her body, it's changing the past. Oh. And as a result, oh. he forgets things like oh, her name. Oh, no. Oh, no. Thus the title, Your Name. It's, I, I, absolutely highly recommend it it is it is as i say at one point you're just like that did not just happen no and then it finds a way so i would highly recommend it Uh, very well done um watch this series uh uh it's it's a chinese anime a dongua um called link click which is being hyped by a lot of people as anime of the year for 2022. Hmm. Um, I agree. It is all that and a bag of chips and a nice steaming hot ramen as well. It is fantastic in my opinion. Basic premise, a couple of, couple of young men, you know, late teens, early twenties, something like that. One has the ability to send the other, into a photograph and thus into the photographer's 
body in the past when that photo was taken. So they set up kind of this detective agency based on, you know, people will come and say, hey, here's a photo of some people I, I spent time with. I wish I had been able to say some things 25 years ago when this picture was taken. Can you go say those things for me? Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there's rules. You can't do anything that will change the future. You can do things to change the present as long as it's not right. It doesn't have follow-ons, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You've got the guy in the present who is able to talk to the guy in the past. The guy in the past who is, it's basically quantum leap meets um, a detective story. Hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. when you think it's just kind of a clever gadget and they're going to play episodes of quantum leap into, okay, now I'm leaping into this body. Now I'm leaping into that body in that situation. Oh, isn't right. this clever? Turns out that there is a persistent villain that they are discovering picture by picture, moment by moment. And it gets good. It's got all the heart. Um, It's, if you remember Attack on Titan, which was all the violence and none of the heart, Mm -hmm. uh, Chainsaw Man is all of the heart that it should have and all of the heart that was missing from the other as well. Hmm. which makes it tolerable. It makes it acceptable. It makes it not dour and horrid. It makes it engaging. This is the same way. There are some moments of intensity, Hmm. but it is definitely PG. It is extremely engaging in my opinion. I highly recommend it. And if it were to be named anime of the year, I would not complain even for, for an instant. What's it called again? It's called link click. Hmm. Never heard of it. Okay. Um, What's it on? It's on Crunchyroll. Okay. Uh, it's available both uh, in sub and dub, uh, so however you like to watch it. Okay. Um, and then I watched okay. an old uh, noir, well, not noir, gothic horror um, by uh, Benicio del Toro called uh, Crimson Peak. Uh, it was from 2015. It's on Netflix right now. Um, I've heard of it at the recommendation of, of my daughter who, who said it was really good. Um, it, uh, stars Jessica Chastain and Tom Hiddleston. Um, yeah, it's a period what? piece set in the late 1800s. <laughs> um, how did they not hear about this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 2015, uh, apparently when, when, you know, when he wasn't Lokiizing, he, uh, slummed as a, um, as a, as a land speculator, uh, inventor in a gothic horror. So there you go. Um, it did okay in the box office. It made like $80 million. So not great, but not horrid. Um, Mm -hmm. it is a Benicio del Toro film. So it's visually spectacular. It's gorgeous and really extraordinarily predictable. It raised no surprises. It was what it appeared to be from the moment go. Mm-hmm. You knew who the bad guy was. You knew how it would end. Blah, 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 blah. So right. as long as, you know, but it was delivered with style and, and visual panache. And if you like that sort of thing, you know what? You could do worse for an hour and 48 minutes than watch this movie. Sure. Um, so anyway, yeah, that was my, uh, that was my 
uh, consumption pleasure. Um, didn't read any books, should, haven't. Yeah. Um, and okay. watched a bunch of things I'm not going to talk about, but there you go. That's what's up. Good list. Uh, how about you, Mr. Johnson? What, are you, what were you up to during the break? Uh, so I watched Dragon Age Absolution on Netflix. Um, beautiful animation. I thought the story was really good. Um, it, you know, I heard people say, you know, it, it does the Dragon Age lore justice and leaves you wanting more. And I agreed a hundred percent that I loved, I love the, the world building they set up. Um, and it looks like they're setting up for, I believe it's supposed to be setting up for the game. Um, and it, it's a, I want to say it's like eight or nine episodes, but it is really good, really enjoyable. Um, I also watched um, watching Willow, which is on Disney Plus. And um, as my wife and I both said, the more episodes we watch of that, the more we fall in love with that show. Because it, it is it is one of those where it starts off a little slow. We are not really sure who to kind of cheer for. Um, and, you know, and then as it, as it goes on, all these characters just have they have arcs and they all have this really deep heart to each, to each of their characters. Like they're all flawed in their own specific ways. Um, you know, like some of them, like, you know, they can't talk, they don't want to talk about their emotions. Other of them are just kind of goofy. Um, but they, they all just have these issues that they unconsciously lean on each other. And it just kind of, like I said, each episode, you can kind of see that bond growing stronger and stronger between them, or there'll be one person will you like, they'll be throwing a bond and they'll do something that kind of just rips them away from the rest of the group. Cause like they, the rest of the group feels it's a betrayal. And then, you know, they have to find a way to get back to the group. So it's, 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 I'm really enjoying the storytelling for this. Um, you know, it, 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 if you ever watched the film Willow, you know, that movie was, if you, it's a cult classic. And I personally thought that that was a movie. Um, it was a very good movie with a lot of, again, a lot of heart, good storytelling. Uh, I think the series does the movie extreme justice. Um, you know, I hear, a lot of complaints about that. Uh, the actor Willow is not that great of an actor. I was like, it's look, you know, he was more of a stand-in. Um, he, you know, he does hit for what the role he has. There are scenes you can say, yeah, you can tell that he's struggling to get the correct acting, like emotion out, but, oh, but the rest of the cast does such a good job helping him that it, you know, it, it's not as noticeable. Um, I also watched, um, finished the first season of, Gundam, a witch from Mercury. And it just reminds me why I love Gundam so much. Um, you know, it, it's one of those, uh, Raph, I know you posted in the stories for nerds that, that I agreed with completely the little meme they had where, as I told, uh, Raph, you know, we talked about it, that the, the first episode is dark is all like extremely dark. And then it goes very lighthearted for the next te- uh, 10 episodes. Um, and then episode 12, it goes dark again. And you're like, there's the Gundam I know. There's the there's those themes I'm used to seeing. Um, I know it's got mixed reviews, some, but I, but you know, as I was as Raph and I were talking, I say it, it's a character. The the main character, uh, uh, Suleto Mercury. We haven't really seen her character in Gundam in a while. The closest one you could probably say would be Amuro Ray, which is you know they start like Amuro. A lot of people remember where he ended up. They remember him at the end of Gundam. They remember him from Char's counterattack from. Um, from Zeta and all that, you know, he, they remember him as being that ace pilot, the self-assured confidence. They don't remember when he started, when no one liked him because he was basically a whiny little, mm. 
and was getting a, <laughs> and was getting in a lot of trouble. You know, if if you remember the initial series, he's getting a lot of trouble uh, with the military because he had you know he was always outspoken. You know, was again because of his personality, and he developed. They had character development. You know so who else those, was like that? Luke Skywalker. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so so like I said, I'm enjoying it because yeah, she, the the main character at the beginning she did get in my nerves, but then you can't, she's trying to like it's she starts growing on you. Um, and they one thing I told Ralph I'm really enjoying about it is the main character is very naive, is not really paying attention to what's going on in the world around her. But they show all these backroom politics going on where there's just a lot of things going on in the background. And one of the things I really like is you almost always have the earth is oppressing the space noids and the space mm-hmm. noids rebel because of this. Mm-hmm. This one, it's the opposite direction. The space noids are oppressing the earthians and the mm-hmm. earthians have basically kind of, they're not really around. They're, they're, they're generally, they're generally, um, if you're from earth, you're considered trash. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a very interesting twist to do that. Right. Um, and, and like I said, the, the, if you watch the first episode um, or even the preview, the, the, the prologue episode, which covers some of that, um, some of the stuff going on, it, it's really enjoyable. I'm, I'm really loving it. Um, and, you know, I'm really, one of the things I, I highlight with the series is you honestly can't tell who the villain is at the moment because there's so many characters who could be the main series villain. Even the main character could even have mm-hmm. a character arc turn where they could become the main villain. So it's one of those where it, it's very enjoyable because there's all these characters you're rooting for some of them and then they, you know, you're rooting for some of them and then other ones, it's just heartbreaking what happens to them. And, um, and, and it's just, it's very enjoyable. And even there's a bunch of fan theories out there on who the villain's going to be. So um, as, as I've told Raph, I honestly personally believe that probably I think the best anime villain I've ever seen has come from Gundam, which is Shars Adnable, um, because he's one of those characters who in his mind, he is the hero of his story. He, you know, he was, Rebelling against unjust for the Zeon was sided with the Earth to try to even say, hey, I'm going to give you a chance. So it's one of those, I honestly think that they had one of the best villains, Char. And so I'm, that's why I always love watching Gundam series because they usually do a pretty good job mm-hmm. with their characters. Um, so uh, I'm trying to think. That's, I've watched a couple movies here and there. Um, nothing really to mention. You know, they're enjoyable in my own. I'm, not, I'm bl- kind of blanking on what they were at the moment. Uh, but more playing a lot more video games and reading. Um, mm-hmm. So I've been reading a book series called uh, River uh, Revelations by Michael J. Sullivan, which is a lot of fun. It's a really fun book where the two main, it's about mainly two main characters named Royce and, um, and uh, I'm trying to think of his name. It is uh, like, like um, uh, Hansel or Hansel. I'm, bl- I'm blanking on his name, but the, the guy starts with an H is um hardian that's it hardian he uh, uh hardian he um he's basically like a knight he he was trained to be he was trained to be like you know with the ethics like chivalry and all this and he's a mercenary so he he tries to do right royce is a thief and so that's kind of their their relationship is hardian wants to be the merciful kind of guy, nice guy and royce is trying to corrupt is in essence going let's just do the quickest path which is generally let's kill them and move on so it, it's a very fun dynamic between the two because they they are like best friends. They respect each other. They're really good friends. So they just have two very different viewpoints on how to get the job done. Um, What's the series called? Uh, it's R I Y R I A 
Raria, uh, I believe. Okay. Uh, it started off as a web series, a web, a web book novel that Michael J. Sullivan did, got really popular, and he published it. Um, there's apparently, I think, nine books in the series. The, the main series is the Chronicles, and there's a prequel series, uh, the I'm sorry, Revelations. There's a prequel series called Chronicles, uh, mm-hmm. which is about how Hardian and Royce met. Um, Spell that again, please. Uh, R-I-Y-R-I-A, Revelations. And the, uh, the first one's called a, um, a Theft of Swords, is the first book. Uh, like I said, it, it's really enjoyable because the it's not it's not super action packed. It's more character driven. So it's more about these two relationships as they go into these jobs and get into these situations. And, and I really because you know one of my favorite shows is Doctor Who that he uses his mind. Royce and Hardy and they're more are always trying to find a solution where they don't have to fight because it's just two of them. And it's unreal. You know, there's times where they might be outnumbered, and Hardy might look at Royce go Royce options, and he goes too many. And they surrender because you know it's that you know they they know they can't fight their way out, so they live live to figure out a solution to get out of there. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, it's a very enjoyable series. I really like it. Um, uh, so far, I'm on book two of it. Uh, like, well, technically, so as they the books they combined. Uh, so they, it's oh, the the yeah the well the revelations. It's it's Ruria Revelations is the main series. Chronicles oh. is the prequel series. Oh, oh, okay, 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 gotcha. Chronicles yeah. So Revelations is the one. There's a second book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like the the first the the first book is made is two books combined. The second book is two books combined, and the third book is two books combined. So he had like a six book, like three hundred page series that they combined together to make a six hundred page book. But they're they're you know but it's fun because each each book is essentially a job they're doing. It's about a mm-hmm. job they're doing, and you know again, Roy, like I said, it's just a lot of fun. I cannot recommend the series the series of enough because it's just really fun, really. Has a lot of humor in it, uh, based on their reactions to people, because um, you know everyone's like, "Oh, you're heroes." They're like, "No, no, we're mercenaries. We we will kill this guy if you know if it's the fastest way." And they're like, "That's not what heroes do." Never said we're heroes. We're mercenaries. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So like I said, that's why I enjoy it. That's one of the reasons I enjoy it because they're like, "Wait, wait, you're supposed to be heroes." No, 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 no. Don't get us confused. We never said that. Um. Then I've been playing uh, on Switch. I've got uh, Persona 5 Royal because it came out on the Switch. And I was like, I want to have it for transportation. So nice. I got it there. Um, I've been playing Bayonetta 3 on the Switch as well, which has so far been a lot of fun. Um, you know, I've, I've been enjoying it a lot. Uh, I've also been playing Sonic Frontiers, which in, as I, that's been really surprising fun. Uh, it's, it's Shadow Colossus meets Sonic. And both games are amazing. Um, or Sonic Adventures. So it's like Shadow Classes make Sonic Adventures and both those games are absolutely amazing. I thought both of them were really good. So I, I'm really enjoying excuse me, I'm really enjoying this game. Um it is it is a lot of fun. Um and, and I, I can I mean I've heard I know it's it's kind of been I would say a sleeper just because there's so many other no I'm just most people I talk to have not heard of it. Most of the guys I talk to who are video game people are You're not talking to the wrong people. <laughs> well, like I said, I talk to them and then I, I tell them, hey, look up Sonic Frontiers. They go, wait, I didn't even know this came out. I go, yeah, you need to check it out. So, so yeah, no, it is. I, I personally love it. I think um, it, it's really good. It, unfortunately, I think because of all the other games coming out after, it's not going to, it's going to lose some of that attention. Um, uh, but then I've also been playing um, Marvel Midnight Suns. Which uh, I'm also really enjoying as well. That's a um, tactical RPG with Marvel characters, and you get your own main character. 
um, one, one of the voice actors, you know, they have a lot of, they have a really great cast of voice actors in there. Matthew Mercer is the main one. He's, I love the stuff he does. You know, he, he's in Persona 5. He does um, uh, the uh, the artist, uh, like in his name, uh, who Fox. Yosuke? Uh, yeah, Yusuke. Yeah, he's Yusuke in that. Matthew is Mercer. He? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's Matthew Mercer. Um, Yuri Lowenthal, who's, you know, iconic in the anime world. He does Spider-Man. Um, Steve Bloom is Wolverine, so they have they have a really you know high list cast in there. Um, it's it's a, it's a really fun game. It's it it as I was saying, I don't generally go for these type of games very often, which is again like like a, um, a Fire Emblem style, you know, a tactical RPG where it's kind of a life sim slash battle simulation with cards um, mixed into it. But it's been very fun, um, just because I, I've enjoyed the tactics of sitting there going, okay. I got to use this card here and I got to build up my, these points so I can use these stronger cards. And how do I do that without being killed? So it's, it's, you know, it's been pretty fun doing that. And the story so far has been uh, really good. I'm really enjoying it. Kind of hoping that they continue with this as a series. Hmm. Um, let me think. And then uh, of course, I'm still always playing Final Fantasy 14. Um, they've just dropped, you know, new updates for it. So, been, you know, I've seen a bunch of people coming back to it. So that's been, a big, uh, a big thing. Um, uh, then, you know, there's, I have got a bunch of games on my list. I want to play, but have not gotten to yet or have not purchased yet. Cause I'm trying to clear up this game log so far. All right. Very, very good. Very good indeed. Okay. And then I've been kind of piggybacking on what Scott was saying, just rewatching a couple of things. Um, I actually picked up and started re-watching Attack on Titan because I actually never finished that. So I'm now on the yeah, I'm now on the final season. So I haven't finished it yet. Um I was going full steam ahead like during my break time, but then uh, well, break time was over and now I'm back at work and so well, life. So uh I'll get around to it eventually. Um You mentioned Mob Psycho 100, huh? How many seasons is it? Yeah, I want to say it's four. Four. Yeah, I, I want. I think it's four. I think they broke up the I final season. Say, yeah, I want to say it's four, maybe five. I think I watched either one and a half or two seasons and lost mm-hmm. the thread and had no interest in going back. So tell me, tell me if it, if I've been being unfair to it, because um, well, here's how I see it because it got less popular the in the latter seasons because like mob psycho 100 to me it went in a direction that i was not expecting that being said i still enjoyed it but i completely understand why people who were watching it as the episodes came out when it had liked it. See, I have the luxury of being able to watch this series in its entirety and seeing how all of this fits and it makes and it works together. Whereas if you have watched this episode by episode week after week or season after season, you're waiting a whole year for it to come back and you're like, wait, what? What this doesn't make any sense at all. This isn't Attack on Titan. This isn't. This doesn't fit like the thing that we're going with. So I totally, I'm like, I totally understand why people like kind of lost that 
love for it because there was something nuanced in those first seasons where it was like, what are these monsters? And and they're they're just they're just cows, and there's just no like real motive behind them. Whereas in the latter parts, they actually define their origins, what the motivation behind them was. There's actually there's actually substance to the Titans and and the whole world around them, and. It wasn't what I was expecting, but it the way that they did it makes sense. And I was like, oh, okay. Not what I would have done, but okay. You you did it. <laughs> I, 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 I can't I can't hate you for not going the direction that I was expecting, as long as you executed it well enough. And for that end, I felt that they executed it well enough. So I I have no gripes on that. that. That, but again, like I said, if I had watched it episode after episode, I might have not have been. I might not have been as receptive, just like you know the majority of people seem to be. So, are you, so you haven't watched the final season, correct? I am on the final season. Well, I time whether you recommend the whole yeah, series to someone I, who, I, who dropped out. What, what okay, I have heard I'm, is- I'm I'm pretty far in. I'm like five, six episodes in. So I'm I'm. I don't know how many episodes are in this season, but but I, I mean, I don't have that much. Ten or so, ten or twelve. It's a I don't think. Season. Yeah, I, I was about to say I don't think it's as long as like the other seasons, but um, I I might be wrong, but yeah. Looks. I want to know your opinion of it because I know that the ending was very controversial and a lot of people were upset with it. Hmm. Hmm. And even like seeing how the final season started, I, I can probably see where the controversy is because, yeah, ooh, man, ooh, <laughs> yeah, some stuff happened with some characters, and they uh, some characters are made some decisions. They're like, oh, but again, as far as from what I've seen, I get it. I went ahead done it, but man, I get it. So. To that end, I'll see like how it concludes, and I'll, I'll definitely let you guys know what my final thoughts on it is. Um, what else? Mm, yes, I also got Sonic Frontiers. I am so happy that I was wrong about this game because, like, when I first saw like the gameplay of it, I was just like, oh. No, this is going to be another Sonic 06 or Sonic Forces. It's, it's just going to be another. It, it's just going to be another flump in this 3D Sonic franchise. And man, it the the soon the closer it got to launch, like the more buzz I heard about, like these hardcore Sonic fans, like really kind of champing it. It's like you know what? No, this game is really really good. And I looked at the gameplay. I'm like. What are you guys talking about? This this looks trash. But people, more and more people started talking. I was like, oh, um, maybe I need to shut up. And maybe it's just one of those games. Like, uh, it it may not look fun, but when you play it, it's it's completely different. Like uh, I with Eric, I always give the example of Gears of War. When I first when you first saw the gameplay of Gears of War, it looks so so basic it's cover shoot cover shoot cover shoot 
on pen and paper. I mean, that's basically what it is. But once you actually get the mechanics and the, when you actually get in there and you're like controlling the characters and stuff, it's a completely different experience. And this is by far, I haven't enjoyed a 3D Sonic game this much since Sonic Adventure. And that's, for, for me, that that's saying a lot. I mean, yeah, there's Sonic. Uh, there was Sonic uh, Generations, but that was like a mer- that was like a combination of 2D and 3D Sonic. But this is like this standalone. Well, I there's some 2D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's some 2Ds like size going errors, but like the, the the base, the meat of it is is, I guess you would consider it 3D. But whatever the case, like uh, it's it's I've never had this much fun playing Sonic the Hedgehog in such a long time. And like a lot of the things that in my head, I was like, well, wouldn't it be cool if like Sonic like actually like had a combat system and he like actually had combos and stuff like he does like in the comics and cartoons and what have you. And, and it, all, all the stuff that you see that you've seen him do like uh, on these other platforms of medium he actually does in the game and it, it it just feels so so great doing it so oh and then, and then there's a really there's a good story in there too like there was like one scene like in the in the opening segment i was like oh wait a minute oh no it's making me feel this scene right there oh god i'm feeling no no not feelings <laughs> so it doesn't make me have feelings <laughs> Is At least not those rock, Is that with those rock things? Yes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> right. I was. I was. I. I had the same reaction. To you. I was like, they didn't. Oh my god, they did. They did. They went that. They. They went there. They really went there. <laughs> so um, I'm, I haven't finished the game yet. Um, I'm on the third island, but uh, geez, ah. Uh, I'm so looking forward to going back to it. I mean, again, like Eric said, there's so much other medium to be had in everything, so I've kind of sat on it for a while. But, man, when I get back into it, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to where I pick up. Segwaying into some more Sonic stuff, I watched Sonic Prime on Netflix. Oh, man, what a time to be a Sonic nerd. I am so happy <laughs> So Sonic man, Sonic fans, we went through a really, really rough patch uh, for for a good stretch. But I think after the the Sonic movie came out, we we've been kind of going ten for ten for the the uh, the past uh, past couple installments. Um, this is a different take on Sonic. Um, there, there's really not following any lore. Like he gets trapped in uh, in multiple universes, and he. He crosses dimensions and come crosses uh, his friends and alternate versions and stuff, but and that's the basic premise of it. And you could tell that Netflix was just testing the waters. It was only eight episodes, um, just to kind of get their footing across. And I probably did that just to see if there was like enough interest in it. I really liked what they did with it. Um, I, I like the characters are really solid. Uh, uh, there's there's a, a good story. Uh, the humor is really great. It's a it's a it's a kids show, but just because it's a kids show doesn't mean it has to be dumb. <laughs> a lot a lot of a lot of kids shows or shows that are meant for kids like you you look at them it's like that doesn't make any sense. Why would you do that? Dear? Okay, just because. 
the demographic of people watching this are children doesn't mean that they're stupid. Come on, give them some credit. <laughs> right? Thank you, Scott. That's that's been a frustration of mine recently. Is you know kid characters in movies where the kids are either adults in tiny bodies. Or yeah. complete and total incompetent morons. You know, yeah. so I actually spoke on this to Eric a couple of nights ago. We I got on the discussion of Lost in Space because you haven't watched the you haven't watched the second season, right, Eric? No, because Netflix yeah. canceled it. Yeah, well, well, and like I said, they actually they actually gave it a good conclusion. They actually closed it off, so it's like okay, well. Ha- Happy solid ending, but I love. I actually really love that series. But the one thing I cannot stand, and this is no fault to the actor, I cannot stand Will's character, because Will was a twelve-year-old boy, but they made him. They made his decision making that of a four or five-year-old. I'm like, guys, he's twelve. He's a kid, and just because he's a kid doesn't mean he's incompetent. Doesn't mean he's an idiot. It means doesn't mean he's, he's an idiot. Seriously. And Will was not a stupid kid. He was an incredibly that, yes, smart kid. Yes, thank you. Sorry, Randy, but that's exactly what I told Eric. I was like, I remember watching the original Lost in Space, and one of the things that, and as a kid watching it, Will was my favorite character because he was so clever. And a lot of people looked over him because he was a kid, but he outwitted a lot of the adults in there. And he solved a lot of the problems that people face. So when they took this take on Will, I was like, that's not, that's not Will's character as a whole, you know, given the franchise. And it should be his character given his age. So maybe they just interpreted naivete no. with incompetence because, you know, I know in the series he was a little naive at some points, uh, you know. This is a Hollywood thing, though, is they, they really do believe that they don't know how to characterize My children, kids. just, yes. yeah, just no. by and large. Yeah. Um, which I think is, is a whole, or, I think yeah. they can do better than that. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I do. But boy, what were we what were we talking about <laughs> before we went on our rant? So- Sonic Prime kids show. I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Not, yeah. not, not dumb as a Kim show. But but yeah, but yeah, but yeah. Just because it's a kid show doesn't mean it's dumb. Like everyone, like there's actually substance to it. So I absolutely appreciate the fact is like okay, uh, kids can love it, but adults can actually love it and enjoy it as well. So. Um, what else was there? Oh, I spent one day playing High on Life uh, because that came out on Game Pass. Um, if you like Rick and Morty humor, play it. If you don't, don't play it. That simple. <laughs> I don't think there are these. Because you know, humor is so subjective, so either you get it or you don't. So if you don't get that Rick and Morty type of humor, and the reason why I say Rick and Morty is because the people behind Rick and Morty made this game. So uh, if if you if you don't like Rick and Morty, you are not going to like this game. So take that as you will. Um, and then I also went back to another anime I spoke about a couple seasons ago called Gate, and where the premise of that is uh, this other dimension invades modern japan and that doesn't go as well as the other dimension anticipated because they are 
pretty much in a fantastic like setting with well well they got dragons but they also have arrows and swords and shields and that really doesn't account for much when you're going against a tank so i really like just like the premise of of like modern technology clashing with uh, fantastic technology and then seeing and they they approach it in such grounded levels because you see like how how different governments like respond to it and how like um the dida uh that's the japanese former government i'm sorry if i pronounce that but how they actually manage it and how like the other governments like the u.s and uk like they're trying to get involved and and take take advantage of the situation because here's a whole new area a whole new world that has different resources. Uh, of course, human beings being human beings, if we come across something that's very, very, uh, um, uh, what's the, if, if, if there's a place that's very resourceful, if you come across a, a, a group of people that have primitive like technology, you're, we're more inclined to just be like, hey, we want this. And Where's we're going to take it. Huh? Where is it showing? It's on Hulu now. Hulu. It, it was originally on Crunchyroll, but now it's on Hulu. Right. I just and, on Crunchyroll is not there. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's on Hulu now. Maybe and, we move to Funimation then, because Funimation's been, uh, been carrying a lot of the old stuff Crunchyroll doesn't have anymore. Maybe. I don't know. But it's in sub and dub. And that's one of the other things I will say. I initially watched it in sub. But because I want to play catch up, because the other thing is I didn't finish the series. Um, like they actually, I didn't realize that they had released the second half of it. So I only watched the first half. I watched the first half and sub. So me wanting to kind of refresh my memory, I watched everything in dub. Uh, I and I watched it in dub just because I did have to pay as much attention, quote unquote. Because like when you're reading and watching, you have to really be in tune. It's I mean the dubs are good, but the thing is, these are Japanese people, and so when they make an English dub, they say a lot of things that are very American, and it was a little jarring sometimes hearing these Japanese people like use like American terminologies when I watched the sub version, and they were very. Well, because they're speaking Japanese and they are Japanese, you they very they presented themselves and they that you 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 could tell that they were very Japanese. Whereas now it's like, okay, these are American people portraying Japanese people, and they're not portraying it very well because they're saying a lot of things that American people would say. And you don't just if, if you watch enough sub, you just know Japanese people don't speak the same way Westerners do. Uh, especially Americans. That's why even when I watch, when, when I listen to a dub, I always turn the the subtitles on because they're produced by different people. Yeah. Uh, the subtitles are, are written by one, by translators, whereas the other is creatively reinterpreted for... Yes, yes. And I get like the lip movement is different. So they did a phenomenal job like getting the, like, the lip syncing right and everything. But it's just the fact that since I did watch it in sub originally, I do remember a lot of the phrases and terminologies that are used. And I was like, oh, no, you didn't talk like that. You weren't so assertive 
in those instances. And I think that's what the thing really is. Like we are, I think Americans just in general are a more, I don't want to say aggressive, but yeah, I think it is. I think it's assertive. We're just more assertive and more blunt with a lot of things. Whereas, and not to say Japanese people can't be blunt, but the way that they are, it's, it's different. The, the way we do it is completely different so once i catch up i might go back to watching it in the sub version uh just because i i felt a little more familiar with that um the only gripe that i had with gate as i watched it is it kind of hinted to some harem anime vibes because like the guy, uh, the main character is a guy, and he's an otaku, and you go into this fantasy world with elves and cat girls and everything is like, oh yeah, I'm in heaven, and it just so happens that all the interesting characters from this world happen to be all girls, and they always end up interacting with him. Now, that's not to say that they're all romantically involved or seeking romance from him, but still the fact is like, okay, all the guys and from this world are bad, so you don't root for them, but all the... All, all the all the girls are good, so you root for them, and, and they're all and they're all pretty too. So I'm like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> so hey, if that's your thing, I mean, more power to you. But um, just for the record, I could not stand to team all you, and I sorry. Not, sorry. <laughs> Like, and and this was when I was and Tenchi Moyu came out when I was in high school and, and even in high school I was like this is dumb. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That was aggressive. But that was <laughs> the entire point of this series was made just to get Tenchi laid by multiple women. Yeah. I, I had more or less the same response, and I was quite a bit older when I watched it. So yeah, Tenchi Moyu this was not my idea of a, of a no. good time. So yeah, right. But like I, I said, the fact that I was a the fact that I was a teenager, you would have thought that this would be like, oh my god, this is heaven. I'm like, this is stupid. Women aren't that basic. <laughs> Good gracious. That, that, that's one of the issues I have with a lot of the harm ones. It's like women are not generally like going after or not like that. Most of them are not like, oh yeah, I'll happily share with you. Or, or when they or when they fight over okay yeah no we'll, we'll leave it at that yeah okay <laughs> you know we're gonna cut it right there we're done we're done we're done that's all that's all i got on my list isn't it i think we're safe <laughs> but that's going to do it for our first episode and our first nerdy chat uh so stay tuned in the next couple of weeks where we will start our first story by nerds segment of the year and okay no don't don't worry, Scott. I I checked. I am starting. Abby is in the middle, and you will be doing the conclusion. I don't care what order we do them in. I just would rather you know. I like. Well, I well, I was scared. I was like, oh wait a minute, where what part am I? In? Okay, I, I I get I get to set up the the problem. Yay! You had some excellent setups, uh, frankly. Oh, um, oh, thanks, dude. I'm not too sure what I'm going to do this time, but hey, we'll figure it out. So, yeah, you guys stay tuned for that. But hey, whatever the case, if you uh, like our nerdy chats or our my nerd segments, be sure to give us a like, heart, thumbs up, whatever positive uh, outlet that you have to this source of the podcast, whether that is iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, et cetera, et cetera. You get the idea. 
But folks, that's going to do it for this episode of the Stories for Earth podcast. Hey, I'm Rafael and Jordan. Y'all keep thinking back on like the level. This is Scott and Eric signing off. Mr. Parkins, how about that first send-off to our listeners? The future is loading. Please wait. I don't know if that's a jab at the issues. They not know they the there were no issues. The, 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 the,